And welcome back to our next episode of the Fit Philip podcast. And today's guest really needs no introduction, but I will anyway. Mr. Chris Spiller, um, icon in the CrossFit landscape from um, affiliate owner, games athlete, and all-round um, good guy. And, of course, I'm also joined by Tony as well. Let's not forget him. <laughs> Here I am. I like, I like how you got lumped in with the not good guy. Yeah, That's, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Me. As Lisa's coach, I'm always lumped in with the night. Yeah. That's just oh, that's how great. Works. Yeah. So yeah. He gets it on both sides of it. But her call's coming up right after this. So yeah. I'll get mine back. Don't worry. That's it. Sweet. Um, well, cool. Uh, listen, I, I'm obviously very pumped that you're on the podcast. I think that I say this every single week that I'm excited to have this guest on when we do have you guys on. But yours is particularly um, valuable to me in terms of just. Where I'm currently at in life, I think there's a lot of alignment there, but I also think that because of the value of things that I get to experience in life through fitness, what you're working on right now, I think is so valuable to so many people who are in the uh, uh, fitness purveyor space that I was hoping we can get some time on there, but mostly it was just a, a chance to catch up because obviously we're both so busy that I'm like, I'm never going to make it back out to Park City, I feel like at this point, so <laughs> we're going to have to record a podcast and play pretend. Why not? That's perfect. For yeah. sure. I appreciate you guys having me. No, no worries. So, I mean, listen, nobody, I feel like, it, maybe I'm biased, but everybody obviously knows who you are in the CrossFit space for sure. But I think, you know, Lisa's introduction to you, I think was very cool in terms of that. But I would actually push back in terms of, I would consider you now a much bigger person in the active sort of space than I would consider you as somebody in the cross. Not to say that it's a yeah. diminishment of your, of your purpose, but you've naturally become very um, vocal. I guess more so than anything or more yeah. so public probably more than I would say vocal about how you spend your life. Um, yeah. and I think anybody who follows you even remotely to a social degree on social media or even knows you as a person knows that like Chris kind of rings it out as it applies to life. And I think that, you know, some people might actually look at you and be like, must be nice. Right. Or yeah. you know, they might assume that like, you know, you, you spent your whole life doing that. So it's just the thing that you do is like the old guy on the slopes or something like that. But right. you've done a really, really cool job of explaining to people that like, no, this is what it's for meaning fitness. And I think that part's cool. And, and I really want to jump into that, but you know, maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit about that one in terms of how you got into all this stuff, but um, that's really what I was yeah. talking this, in this episode. Yeah. It's, I think that's, you know, it's, I think it's a really valid point you bring up. And one of the things I think there's two things, right. Is that like, as I have made this transition sort of, right. Is it's, it's not popular. It's not the popular stream of mentality in the, I think the traditional kind of CrossFit community. And I think it gets there eventually for a lot of people eventually they're going to kind of come to this crossroads of like, Hey, why am I doing this? What is this for? What is this for? And it's largely because I think we just can't sustain this high performance type mentality forever. It's just not possible. So there has to be another reason why, you know, for me, um, I just grew up playing all sorts of different sports. So that was kind of like the initial expression of that. Everything from wrestling, I played golf one year in ninth grade, I think, uh, played with my dad growing up on and off, uh, played soccer. I ran track, I played lacrosse. Um, and then there were just like kind of adventures outside of that that my family would take us on um, when we'd visit some really cool places out West, but I grew up on the East coast um, and then mountain biking 
kind of popped sort of on the scene for us mountain bikes as kid where kids were like these you know hard tails with knobby tires yeah but just like every other 80s kid you know we were building jumps out in the in the street with no helmets and all the fun stuff um so it was sort of just always a piece of what i did um and then i guess that evolution really it's it's a, it was a huge part of why I wanted to move out West. So I finished wrestling in college, really wanted to go to college out West, but I didn't find a school I really wanted to wrestle at. I stayed in Pennsylvania for that. And then when I moved to Utah, this was gosh, like 22 years ago or something like that now. Um, no, that was a big, a big part of it is I wanted to live that active lifestyle, which I did. I jumped in and full ski bum for five years, you know, I was working in the ski shop, selling skis and wrenching on bikes, making $9 an hour. And eating ramen noodles, like, you know, full ski bum. Um, and that lasted for about five years. And then I stumbled into this thing called CrossFit, which was phenomenal and amazing. Um, but truthfully, the way that I did it, not everyone's like this. Um, the way that I chose to express that was so all in that I stopped doing all the things that yeah. I loved when I moved here. Right. For sure. And that's why I think you're such a cool, um, you know, sort of catalyst for this is that I think everybody knows, you know, Chris, at least I mean, my version of like, it's very nostalgic to see you with, with large headphones on. Cause like, <laughs> I remember Chris Bueller with the Adidas yeah. yes. and the big headphones <laughs> and the track workouts and then like just an arduous amount of air squats and being like, how is he still going at that pace? Like that's my, you know, sort of memory. Yeah. And then, but I met you, you know, whatever years ago and then realized that like, ah, this dude is way cooler than fitness. Not that fitness isn't cool, but like there was more to it. And and so I think for people like yourself to, you know, and myself included, you, you kind of come full circle back to, you know, I tell people all the time, I think the meaning of life truly has come around or, or the purpose in life is to acquire the means in life to get back to being a child, right? Like mm. if you can get back to play, it's it's so incredibly rewarding right and so you know we've long said on this podcast a bunch of times that the most valuable part of fitness in 100 words is the part everybody glosses over right it's that last sentence yeah where they learn and play new sports and so when it came time for me to be like dude you're coming on the podcast that was 100 percent the reason right because like i think it's getting attention now because like nobody cares that i, I mountain bike and ski as a grown man but like yeah. now that you do it and people are starting to do it they're like oh so it's not so much about how much fitness I do, but how much I do with my fitness. And I think that yeah. part of it's very cool. Cause I don't think a lot of people knew, like everybody knew Chris was, was a wrestler. Cause that's how you had the lungs to keep doing what you were doing. Yeah. And like, he was really, really good at fitness type activities. But then you're like, no, actually I just was always kind of into having fun. And I think that part is, uh, is really the, the story that I'm hoping that you, you are starting to do a really good job of sharing. And I think people are starting to gravitate towards yeah, it's interesting, you know, because I think that you know, from my perspective and what you said too, Tony, earlier, it could be easily twisted or perceived into, and I do, like, I do not take where I live for granted, you know, like I am incredibly blessed, right? But it's easy for people, I think, to be like, wow, must be nice. But the reality is, like, it doesn't matter where you are, um, you can create adventure and experience no matter where you are. Uh, and actually what's really cool is for the online side of our programming, we just released what we call a field manual. And part of that field manual is, yeah, all this stuff, like here's how to approach the programming and da, 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 da. But one of the sections is like, hey, here's how to embrace adventure as part of your fitness right. and giving people some things to do. So 
everybody can go get a pair of trail running shoes. And I guarantee it doesn't matter where you are. You can find a park or a trail or something to go just for a trail run. Um, Go learn how to play pickleball. Everybody and their mom is playing pickleball right now. And apparently right? getting injured, according to Forbes magazine. I'm not playing it because I don't want to. I want to be against the grain. I don't want to be like everybody else. So I chose not to play pickleball. I'm just terrible at it. I tried. So like- yeah. So so like there's so many things that we can do, and it doesn't have to look like you know skiing five feet of power with blower power just going over your head, but it might be like you investing in a. A mountain bike. It might be you investing in a gravel bike. I gravitate toward bikes in a heartbeat because they're just freaking awesome. Um, but no matter where you live, you can get some kind of bicycle and do some kind of ride. Road, mountain, gravel, downhill, dirt jumps, pump tracks. It's there. And I mean, it's like super youthful too, right? Like learning how to ride a bike when you're a kid. Yeah. So it's. I think it's way easier than people think. But the crux is they get trapped into... I think this is really true because I feel it too. Um, is we fear that if I do a little bit more adventure and a little less time in the gym, I'm going to lose all those gains in the gym. Yeah, mm. and it's just not true. Right. You know, or, or you hear the other side of it too, which is similar, and they're like, "I can't do that. I'm going to get injured." Right. Yeah. The whole point of what we're doing in the gym is to ensure that you do go to try these things, but also to prevent against those injuries. Like if, if what you're doing in the gym all day, every day is not affording you the ability to pick up a sport that you might once have enjoyed as a child or otherwise, like we have really missed the mark, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I get it. And, and a lot of this I think is perpetuated to some degree, you know, in terms of like the sport of fitness. And I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with sport of fitness. Obviously you being a, you know, one of the most recognized people there can attest to the value of it. But, you know, a lot of people are like, I now work out so that I can compete in working out. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's your thing, but there's a lot of people who are absent of a true why and a true version of, of life and vitality who are just like, I don't know, I guess I'll become a competitive exerciser. And, and I don't want to be the one to tell you this. You don't have a chance at that. So <laughs> let's go, let's go try something that's more fun as opposed to like resigning yourself to something that is like anybody who could tell you who's competing in the sport. Most of it's just not that fun. It's painful. Yeah. Like there's a lot yeah. better ways to live the quality of life. And, and, and I think we live now in, we talk a lot about this in the podcast, these, these seasons through which, you know, CrossFit has kind of grown and you and I grew up in, in the genre of like, what's coming out next, right? We're just no idea what was coming out of the hopper on, on main site. You're just like, that's going to be interesting to say yeah. the least and like you know we lived in that era and like there wasn't even like cool clothes or anything else and then you know and then i think that gave birth to a lot of different genres but in the middle of that was a big you know sort of the absence of wise what's become wise is one of the things that we say on here a lot and a lot of us started crossing because us in the early days we all had profound whys right? we were chasing something that we had lost or like we were trying to get back yeah. to something or restore something that was missing and like we were willing to do this random sort of cryptic thing that took place in these obscure places that were definitely sketchy. It was going to probably get more tetanus than fitness in most of these gyms, right? But we were willing to do that. We had no idea what was going to come out of it. And so I think all of us were driven by this belief that like, this was going to be the thing that was going to get us back to thing. And then 
the next generation that came in was like, wow, look at all this cool stuff that's happening. These dudes are like Jack, these you know, chicks are Jack, like all these things. And they're like, I'm just going to do that. Right. And so this is a bit of a rant, but all of the, the next generation seemed to have come in without a why. Right. And so like their whys became the what's became wise, so like PRs and benchmarks and girls, yeah. and all these things. And then it was natural for them to be like competitive CrossFit. Right. And then, but now here we are, maybe it's because most of us have grown up and we've aged out and we've gotten a little bit older, but like we've gotten back to like vitality and true quality of life. And so there's a large population of people, you, Miranda, like all of us were just like, I'm going to go do fun things with my fitness now. And I, so this is like the newest season and my favorite season in this CrossFit journey for so many people, where it's just like, now all of a sudden everybody's like, no, nope, the point was always regularly learn and play new sports. That was always yeah. the point. And I think that that yeah. part is is is, um, is is a very cool generation to be a part of. Yeah, and I think like if you go back to the original CrossFit message board, my gosh, like talk about a gold mine. You'll see conversations in there of people just trying things for the sake of experimentation. Yeah. So it was, uh, I'm going to try, you would see people post, like I'm going to try Grace with the 135 pound sandbag just to see what it feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, just, and what's happened is we've lost this curiosity. We've lost this ability to explore this territory, um, but still stay kind of within the map. Uh, but instead it's been like, well, no, how do I get better at Grace? How do I get a sub one minute grace? It's like, who cares? Why don't you just have fun and just still get fit doing it? And so I think that was really lost as things started to get very, very competitive, right? And again, if that's something that somebody's jam, that's totally fine. Um, but you got to know why you're doing it. And I don't think most people, truthfully, I think the cycle's sadly been one of two things. I think that most people either couldn't come to terms with what we're talking about now. So the people that are around for, for those early days couldn't come to terms with that. So they walked away. Mm. They were like, I can't, I can't continue to PR. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I'm going to walk away and do yeah. other things that I find enjoyment in. Um, or so many people just aren't even there yet. There's so many gyms and there's so many people that haven't hit this decade or more mark. And I'm telling you it's coming. Yeah. And it's mm. not even because like you're getting older. It's just a training age. It's like it is coming for everyone and they don't even know it. They're going to get blindsided by it. And if we don't do the job of helping people understand really how to do this on a daily basis, the same thing's going to happen. Either people are going to get chewed up and spit out and leave or they're going to have to come to terms on their own. So why not help people learn how to do that ahead of time? So when they do get to that crossroads, there's a way to do it. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, you know, in that regard to increasing mortality is really not that difficult, right? I mean, as long as you maintain a relatively healthy lifestyle and do some right things and remain semi-active, it, it, it's, you know, you can, you can extend the length of your life to a certain reasonable degree. Increasing vitality seems to be a metric that is overlooked and often just misunderstood, right? I think people just generally assume that mortality and vitality become this, this similar thing, but that couldn't obviously be further from the truth. And the, the probably the most effective and most valuable part of functional fitness, regardless of how you, you decide to define it, is 
is in its ability to improve the vitality, your ability to your its ability to enable you to go do things to improve the quality of your life. And you know, not that there's anything wrong with being inside the gym, but the point of being inside the gym is to make those other 23 hours better, right? And I think that you know that part of it to your point is like there's not a lot of staying power in 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 PRs and benchmarks and things of that nature because like. It's a law of you know diminishing returns right there, right? Like it just it does. It starts to your, your the PR numbers start to slow. The the nagging injuries start to increase. The interest at which point then starts to decrease, and then all of a sudden we've lost people when all we really ever had to do was encourage them to actually regularly learn to play new sports and get outside the gym and try something, something that they could apply this fitness to, right? And like as a personal example for myself, I didn't put skis back on until you know i was i think i was like actually i know when i did do it was in park city when i came out for a seminar yeah in 20s i think it was 2017 when i went out there and i was like i had some extra time and i was like there's no way i'm not skiing when i'm in park city i hadn't skied in 20 years yeah. but i was like i can figure this out it took me a minute just so we're clear there was a lot of <laughs> pizza french fry but like i mean how is it going to be in a place like park city sent there for a seminar like I'm going to ring out this life when I'm there. And like, and then it occurred to me while I was doing, it, I was like, there's no way somebody who's, who was, you know, encroaching on 40 years old is going to pick up skiing, you know, after 20 years with a conventional lifestyle that we have, you know, yeah. as an American, like it would have gone terrible. I, I would have not made it to Saturday to teach a seminar, probably been taken off the, you know, because listen, I crashed and I crashed hard because um, I tried to ski like I was still a teenager and that didn't of course. take me very long to realize that like I am not a teenager. Um, but, you know, I hit the ground like I was one and I bounced back up. And like, that's when you start to realize, like we just had uh, the Starettes on here. We were talking about that, like, one of the greatest demonstrations of fitness is your ability as an adult to crash something. Like, <laughs> and you can just eat it and get back up and be like, oh, that was unfortunate. Instead of being like, not going to ride my bike for the next six months. Like, that's a very cool yeah. thing. And you know, to the whole point of that, like, the staying power isn't there, but the staying power of increasing people's quality of life is. And that's why, you know, I wanted you on here so we could talk to, like, the affiliate owners in general and be like, dude, you're not trying to sell them more gym time. That's not what it's about. It's never been about that. And if you think it's going to be about that, like you said, it's coming for everybody and the staying power is just not there. And I think like to that point, I remember like in, in my affiliate, I used to say to the guys, your PRs, they, they're great. They, but I know you're going to get them by turning up every day. I know that that's going to happen. The program works. It's going to happen. What really gets me excited is when you come in and go, Hey, I walked up a mountain on the weekend or, Hey, I, you know, rode a scooter with the kids and didn't feel like I was going to face plan or anything like that. Like that's the cool stuff. And that is what, you know, used to excite me as an affiliate owner. But I think even in the affiliate owner landscape, because we've stopped having fun as affiliate owners because we're, they're burnt out, they're tired, they're broke, they're, everything else it's like all about the affiliate so they've forgotten how to fu have fun and therefore makes it hard to pass that on to their community that's not about today you're going to back squat i don't care what you've got going on you are back squatting today rather mm. than hey maybe dragging a sled's better for you today or oh my gosh needs to be yeah yeah sorry you know, i didn't mean to interrupt you lisa no 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 yes. that's that's the the big and you know that's what i've kind of enjoyed watching in you know, from afar, your stuff on the socials is as you've navigated through injuries going, 
hey, you know, today's workout was this, but this is what I did because it works better for me today. Fitness was still achieved, had fun, you know, still jumped in with the class, you know, whatever it is. Whereas coming from your history and legacy, it could be very easy to let the ego overtake you and go, no, I'm going to do that even though my hip's going to, you know, throw out on my back or my shoulder. But say, hey, this is this is what I choose to. This is what works for me today. Overhead squatting, you know, two hundred pounds is no longer in my life yeah. goals. Yeah, and, and I like, think we've lost that ability. It's so true, and it's so a shame to me that, like, we haven't enough of us haven't recognized that and really tried to evolve that, and we've kind of fallen back on these nice. Um, one-liners well yeah mechanics consistency and intensity and we follow that charter and all these things are great right and like you know in theory they're great but when it comes to actual application of that when it comes to what does that look like inside of a box i think we fall wildly short on what that is i cannot stand this you know perpetual mentality of having to do a workout as it's written we're like legitimately we're pro and it's okay to own this i'm not saying this is bad it's just we need to take ownership of we if you are programming for a large group class if you're programming for your gym and you have 50 100 300 people i don't care how many people it is you're giving them a generalized workout to go off of that just might not be appropriate Hmm. for so many of them And by not appropriate, I don't just mean like, hey, Tony, just use lighter weight. Like that's like scratching the surface, right? And those things can be helpful. But what if I could serve Tony, Lisa, whoever in my gym so much better by saying, hey, you know, I know that like you really want to overhead squat someday, but here's the path to get there. And it's not just use lighter weight or, hey, you know what, Tony, I know you've been around for like a decade, man. Let's make this fun. Yeah. I know how many, like how many overhead squats have you done? How many couplets, how many triplets? What if we just change the script, man? Mm. And we just change the way that we approach this workout today. And in fact, I-, I want you to slow down a little bit and I want you to do this, you know, movement pattern, this function. And we don't have to change the stimulus of the workout. Cause that's a big thing. Um, if we don't want to, but we sure can change like the function of the movement by saying that what I like to, to walk through and Spencer and I have kind of created this, this path is like, hey, can we do an isometric hold with that? And if I can do that, well then can I do a dynamic movement with that? So isometric might be, can I hold the bottom of an air squat? Okay, well now if I can do that, can I do that dynamically? So that, can I do an air squat? Can I do a front squat? Can I do a back squat? Can I control that weight? And then, hey, well, can I do things that would be ballistic, like a, a wall ball, a hang power, or a hang squat clean, a med ball clean, um, whatever those things are, right? And instead of us feeling like we're just locked into this use lighter weight on that wall ball, Tony, it's like, hey, dude, I like your knees aren't feeling good because of this or that. Let's just try a split squat hold for this. And then maybe you can just go nuts on the rest of the workout, but man, we've just become so narrow-minded, I think, in this concept of, well, this is the workout, and if it doesn't work for you, let's just do lighter weight, lower reps. And I think everyone's going to find that we severely underserve our community. And if you've had people in your gym for a decade or more, 
they have to have a program adapt with them. They will not be able to continue to do it with lighter weight, lower reps. Some might, but many won't. And that's okay to say that, but we just have to do something about it. Yeah. I think, you know, it really is, in my opinion, and it's not so much a humble opinion because I preach about all the time on here, I feel like, but where I think we all ended up missing the mark in this was nobody really took time to delineate and draw a line between what it meant to be a trainer, what it meant to be a coach, right? Because trainers just became like longer term or coaches became like longer term trainers, but there's a very big distinction in terms of what ends up happening there. And like, to your point, like training is essentially your ability to deliver and educate on a training program. And there's nothing wrong with being a trainer and their job is instruction. The coach's job is understanding, right? And so just like, as you remain a trainer for a longer period of time, you naturally will likely evolve into a coach, I would assume, to some degree. It, as, a, as a client, your needs are 100% going to gravitate towards a coach, somebody who, instead of teaching you more things, they're going to instead choose to understand more things about you, right? And, and yeah. help you understand more things about you. And like, to your point about lowering the weights, like, most people think coaching and scaling are synonymous, but they're not. All scaling really is, is just altering the training program for the trainer, right? And there's a very narrow window of, of their ability to conceptualize, how can I change this workout, right? Because otherwise they'd, be, they'd have to change the whole thing. But a coach, we can scrap the whole thing, make complete changes and be like, hey, no barbells in your future because you don't have goals that even align with yeah. putting yourself in some fixed position like that. Let's use the sandbag because your work as a firefighter doesn't have static objects where you're going to pick up that often. Like, let's keep you with more dynamic. And like, that is a very different level of understanding, which didn't take instruction. I didn't have to tell you about these things. I had to understand you and be like, let's make some changes. And so I think to that point, we see this quite a bit in terms of the reason the staying power seems to be so low for a lot of people in affiliates in, in CrossFit in general is that they only have access to trainers right mm. and, and trainers are stopping and training and then worse in an attempt to get better they're seeming to only want to improve their ability to become a better trainer more education more information and those things are great i'm glad that you were learning that stuff but that does not help your ability to apply that information and that has been an insidious epidemic in the affiliate landscape for a long time lots of information no ability to implement it or apply it right and i think that that distinction lies in you are a trainer now you've become a coach and coaching is way less instruction and way more understanding. And that is, and that is a, a pivotal shift. And it's something that to keep people in the gym longer to your point, like after 10 years, get them back to fun, but that's going to require you to be like, Hey, Chris, what do you want to work on today? Instead of being like, I can't ask Chris that. Cause if he says something off the wall, I won't even know. Yeah. What do I do with that? Yeah. yeah. Like, and um, I'm terrified. No, I think some of it comes down to as well is, like I remember it happened for me. I'll put my hand up. I had a member come to me saying the programming doesn't work for me anymore. Like, you know, longer workouts, like throwing myself on the ground doing burpees just doesn't work. I got my best results, you know, doing um, steady state stuff, more functional, you know, bodybuilding sort of style. And at first I was like ego just going, well, why doesn't it, it works for everybody? Why doesn't it work for you? And then I was yeah. saw it as an opportunity to go, okay, well, what can I give you that's going to a keep you in my gym and work for you? And it's like, okay, well, how about you do this style of program when you come to class and you can either go up the other end of the door or you can jump in class and do it. And he's like, great. He was so much happier. 
Yeah. And then a couple of other people who had bad knees and bad shoulders. I'm like, hey, the program that Bretto is doing, that might just work for you. So instead of losing people and not getting blinded by my ego, which was that momentary sting that, well, my program's supposed to work for you. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. Taking that step back and going, okay, well, if that's what works for you, how do I provide that for you? Yeah, good for you, right, to recognize that. And so one of the things we've done at Park City Fit that's been really, really great, um, and it's been interesting because we have a landscape here where we genuinely have people that have been with us for 15 years. Yeah. You know, like that's mm-hmm. when they start at 40 and now they're 55, it looks different. And we have people that have just walked in the door. Um, so you can still come to a group class at Park City Fit, right? You can still sign up and do our, you know, regular five-class on-ramp and go through the assessment, da da da, da. But we can also funnel you to what we call an elevated membership. And that's where you come to us and we say, Hey, what are your goals? We do that anyway. Right. And if we find out that you want some things that are maybe a little bit more specific or geared toward um, uh, a training for an event, we offer what we call an elevated membership. So what we do then is we say, Hey, we assign you a coach and that coach is going to take the entire week of programming that I already do. And they're custom, again, to customize it based on your needs and your goals. So now they go into, we just use True Coach, it's just an app. So they go into True Coach and they take that entire week of programming that I've already done, the generalized program, let's own it because that's what it is. And then they adjust it based on those needs. And maybe that's a limitation because of an injury. Maybe that's a preference because they just want to do more strength work. Or maybe they want to do more bodyweight work. Or maybe they want to use sandbags or have get back to the fun. And then that entire week is customized for them, but they still come to class. They walk into the group class and Tony knows exactly what he's doing. He still gets to throw down with his buddies, but Mm. he's going to pick up the sandbag while someone else is getting the barbell and somebody else is getting the dumbbells. Um, And, you know, at the end of class, maybe some people are doing the optional accessory over here, but someone's on the the runner with a weight vest and doing like a, a longer walk with that. And I'm telling you what, guys, like at some point, there has to be some kind of custom element to this thing. If we're going to serve these people well, and I think that gets to what you're saying, Tony, as the coach, right, is to, to be a coach, we have to have the time to invest into people, to learn who they are, what they need, have weekly check-ins, and not everybody's in the market for that. And that's okay. Like right. You can still come to class and throw down. But when you hit that crossroad or you need a little bit of help, we're going to offer that to you in a couple different ways. And that, that's been a, a cool way for us to express that. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys crush it. Truly, I mean, having witnessed it firsthand, been to the gym and see it, and, and that's what you know. Not only are you just recognizably Chris Feeler, but the main reason you're on here is is probably the part of it for me that I got to experience being a part and seeing the gym and seeing how people interact with it. Like that's it was very cool. You weren't just the dude who used to just run around the track do air squats. Like you got it, you understood it. But what was happening in the gym is people were coaching, right? Like. And, and I think that people think, well, you know, we, we throw the word around coaching quite a bit is they're like, oh yeah, that meant that like they were being relentless and they were queuing and queuing and queuing and, and nailing. And like, those things are great, but like, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but that's still just training, right? Like that's still just instruction. What was happening and you'll see this when you finally end up running into a coach is rather than being relentless, they'll be relentless by saying, why are you doing that? Why is that a struggle for you? How do we change that? What would we, what could you do different? Like, and they ask you questions as opposed to just throw more stuff at you. And what I think you see across the board to your point of like, it's not for everybody. Some people aren't interested in that. I would say if we could extrapolate out into data, probably 70% of the fitness market 
wants to be trained, right? Because it's the easiest, most effective dose. And, and honestly, everybody at some point needs to be trained, right? Because until you get up to a certain point, base levels established and, and, and defined, like training is going to be the most effective use of your time. Go through this, remove the variables, you know, follow this to some degree, but then the staying power there, the, the value in, in an affiliate, in, in the value in a gym is when somebody who claims to care about you actually does that by asking you questions as to what are you trying to do? What is the point of you being here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? And getting to that and then reminding you that like, hey, what you're attempting to do today does not even remotely in alignment with what you told me a few weeks ago. Let's change that so that we can get you to where you're trying to get to. And then when they get there, you can reevaluate. But that requires, I think, some degree of, uh, of confidence for the trainer, right? To get yeah. to that point where they're just like, you know, this is outside the scope of my understanding. How do I ask them questions? Like they just, it's a lot like anything when you're a beginner at, right? Like you're in that sort of, that phase of conscious incompetence where you're just like, I got to keep everything in the parameters because if it doesn't, it's going to, the wheels are going to fall off. So like, that's what coaching is for most people. They think is it like control the parameters, control the variables, keep the class on time. Everything is good. I did a good job. Right. And move forward. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a trainer, but that stuff is still training and getting to coaching is that long-term conversation where you're just like, that's where people get their life back because that's when they come to you and tell you, this is what I want my life to look like. Can you help me with that? And then, you know, the answer is absolutely yes. Right. And then let's get you to that point. And that takes understanding. Yeah. And that, and here's the hard part is that's most often not, I want to snatch two twenty-five. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's right. It's it. There's, they might say that, but we as coaches or people that are really looking to make a difference, we have to dig a little bit and be like, well, Hey, that's really cool. Like, what, why do you have that goal? Yeah. And most of the time, what I've found is the reason has nothing to do with the actual number, the event. Uh, you know, I want to run a marathon. I want to da, 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 fill in the blank. But what it does is it starts to get, if we can get to the root of the, the reason, and that might be, you know what? I really want to run that marathon because someone told me that I'd never be able to do that. And I want mm. to prove I want to prove them wrong. Yeah. Mm. Or it's, I really want to, um, you know, I really want to improve my times because my self-esteem's in the bucket. Sure. I really want to, I mean, the, those are the reasons why, right? Like mm. very, very few times are we going to have people, Oh, I want to lose X amount of pounds because like, what? Because my self-esteem's lower. Because I don't like the way that I look. I don't like the way that I feel when I'm out. Whatever that is, right? And if we can help them identify that, and then go through that process, that gives us that trust and that ownership to be like, hey, let's come up with a game plan. And it might not look like what you originally thought, but I'll tell you what, we can get you there. Yeah. That's so powerful. I mean, it is. It's truly the most rewarding part of, uh, you know, of, of coaching, right? Of being in that, that caring position where somebody comes to you and says, you know, it, it was the catalyst that drove me into the business in general was like, have you worked with somebody like me, right? And to watch somebody as a human have wrote off their life. And I'll never forget that conversation. And I was floored that I was like, you're not dead. What do you mean? Like, absolutely. Like I can help you. And, you know, and so when you enter into that conversation that way and you, you try to understand 
what they're trying to get to, it's just the most rewarding part of, of, of being in that position. And, and all that really takes is to stop speaking and start questioning, right? Yeah. And, and it's just, that is a big missing piece in the fitness landscape in general, because the vast majority of people both want training and provide training. There's not a lot of conversation in there. Like a good coach is both a trainer and a coach, but most trainers just aren't coaches, right? And they're not going to sit, because like the worst case scenario is if I sit down and you come at me with something that I don't, does not fit inside my theoretical framework of education. Yeah. I'm going to lose you. Right. And they have this scarcity mindset around it, but dude, there's nothing, there is nothing that's more impactful, valuable and appreciable than just those conversations. And it's just, hopefully we can get more, more coaches, more affiliate owners, more people in general, just sit down and be like, why? And like, cause to your point of the 225, like, you're establishing a mimetic goal because you don't want to establish the ecological goal. And that ecological goal requires you to some degree, take some ownership of that. Like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel a certain way about myself and that's okay. Cause it's, you're safe here. Like let's define that so that we can actually get past that. Cause like I'm going to tell you right now, 225 is a great goal, but it, it does nothing for your quality of life, except for that you get to tell everybody in the gym that you did it. Yeah. But that thing that's inside is still going to be there. And I think, though as uh, as trainers move towards coaches and learn how to have those conversations it's also learning how to sit with and hold the space but sit with the answers so when someone's saying to you yeah look I hate myself like you know my partner doesn't find me attractive and like that can be uncomfortable to sit in that space and not go okay so let's just get you on the treadmill let's go rather than going okay how long has this you know felt like this what can we do to change rather than going Oh, this is awkward. Let's let's go run some laps. Let's do that, and I'll give you some broccoli. Like, let's go. Yeah. It's it's having that skill to, you know. And Tony, like as my coach, we've sat in that space a lot where he's asked me, and I've shared the uncomfortable thing, and he's sat there and held the space, and then we work through it. But it's having that skill to be able to do that and being okay with you as a coach or a trainer progressing to be coached to be vulnerable yourself and sit in that space going. I see you and I've got you. And like you said, Chris, you know, let's come up with a game plan. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, what a totally opposite script of, you know, the, the Globo gym or these <laughs> large, I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that at a 600 membership thing, no. but reality check guys, like if you're running an affiliate, that's probably never going to be how many people you have. You don't want it to be. Yeah. So like, what are you trying to do? Right. And, and chances are, that if you are like me or like, especially I was in the past, like running your box is a struggle, right? And like financially, it might not be that great. And how do you bring value to your community? And how do you have a price point that matches that? And how do you stand out above everyone else around you? These are the things that are like a piece of that puzzle that are going to do that. And you can't, this is maybe going like way off, way off the map, but like you can't, you can't do what we're talking about unless your business is successful. Because if your business isn't successful, it's not there for anybody. It's not there for you. It's not there for your trainers, your coaches. It's not there for your members. And so you need to start to have a mindset of how do I run a successful business so I can make the biggest impact I can with the people around me? Because if it's not successful, it's not going to be there for anybody. 
Absolutely. That's a, like a mic drop moment right there. Cause it's just the truth, right? It's, it's the mm -hmm. thing, you know, this, it was the guiding, the founding principle behind the affiliate, which was like to protect the affiliate model, which had nothing to do with, you know, best practices, systems, procedures. There's no, there's no template. It was literally just, Hey, you're the constant in the problem. Let's address that so that we can better enable you to, to address the situations that are happening. So that when we say a protect the affiliate model, isn't that we want to protect HQ or the brand, like we're in support of that, but it's really that like there's hundreds of people, if not thousands who will walk through that door at some point, and you need to make sure that you can be there for them. But you, to your point, Chris, like until you're successful, the whole thing is essentially a house of cards. And so at that point, it's like, you know, you're not only is it a risk for you, your family and the coaches, but like these people who you know are putting their trust and effort into this thing, it's going to be questionable. And we've got, we've got to operate from that position of abundance. And that's a whole, you know, long conversation itself is how as a landscape, we all shifted from abundance to scarcity. And, you know, and now we've got coaches who, who are afraid to share their clients with other people. When we know who's like, if, if I have a client who needs Chris and I know Chris is the best person for him, I'm sending him to spiel. Right. Like, but most coaches are not in that position. They're in that scarcity position where they're just like, oh, I know he needs Chris. Let me just learn what Chris is doing so that I can yeah. sell him what Chris is oh. doing. And like, that's never what it was supposed to be about. Like if we go back to, you know, the message board, the beauty of CrossFit was it was open source because right? like coaches are nothing more than really guides. Like it's our job to get you to the person you need in your journey, not to be the person and be your journey. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to, to your point, Chris, like, and that requires abundance and abundance requires you to get your shit together, really, you know, and you've got to get the gym together. You've got to get the business together because until then, how do you care? You can't, it's impossible. Your framework, your, your field of view is so narrow because you're in survival mode. You can't see the periphery. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, I think it takes the icky feeling out of sales, right? Because everybody feels like really icky with that word. Um, but if you really care, right? I, this is a cool drill I do with my coaches. Maybe this isn't at all what you guys want to talk about. So sorry. Um, Here we are. But okay. I'll, uh, I'll often be like, hey, um, you know, make a list of 10 people you really think you can help. Hmm. You really want to help. Start there. And let's start to learn how to have those conversations and know that they're going to say no know that they're going to probably refuse your help, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to get there. You know, like we just need to ask more questions. Yeah. Well, hey, what have you tried in the past that didn't work? Why didn't that work for you? What's, mm. what is holding you back? You know, and if it's finances or if it's, you know, we just got to get to the root of that and help them. And some people aren't in the market for more, yeah. but other people are. And, and if, if here's the, what I think what really hit me is if you don't make the effort to reach out to them and you don't make the effort to help solve their problem, they're going to go somewhere else to have that problem solved. Yeah. So don't sure. feel bad about trying to help them solve their problem and getting paid for it because that's what you do for a living. <laughs> and, my, and most people in life have never had someone ask them those questions. Like they're used to going to the Globo gym, going, here, let up, we'll give you a program, which is the same program they've given to the 599 people ahead of you. And they'll give you a quick 10 minute tour and away you go. And they hook you up with a trainer for 30 minutes who will sit there on his phone while you're on the elliptical or whatever. And then good job, off you go. That's what they're used to. But when someone sits down and wants to have that, like, I see you conversation and I want to know, like, where you're at and what, like, tell me what hurts. It's a very unusual situation for them, which is what, 
can really set us apart in what we do. Like we said, you're not going to get that in the Globo gym, but showing that we care and actually seeing someone not just as a, a swipe card through the door is hugely impact on mm. someone on someone's life who has never been asked those questions before, yeah. ever. You know, I think, you know, to some degree, the, the definition or the identity or the word gym is a part of that problem, right? Like, you know, we're gym owners, you're gym owners. We do, people come in to do gym things. And what ends up happening for a lot of people in this situation, in this conversation, if we're going to engage in these services inside the business, you're going to find a lot of perplexed people who come in. They're like, this does not feel like gym type things. And like, that is the most valuable thing that you could possibly do because you will have weeded out all of your non-ideal clients, your, your non-avatar clients so quickly. And it's just so, just by knowing what it is that you do and how you do it differently is not about, you know, why you're valuable. It's helping people understand that like, hey, you're just not going to be a good fit for me. But, you know, it, it's that gym sort of thing because, you know, at Park City, you exercise happens there, but I would not by any definition consider that place to be a gym by conventional gym standards. And I think that what we have in the entire affiliate landscape is that exact same thing where, yeah, exercise happens here, training happens here, arduous physical endeavors happen here, but like bigger conversations happen here. Life changes happen here. We give people their life back here and like that's not happening in a gym, but there's no better word for it, right? And I think that, you know, we that that plays a role in you know this this defeatist sort of notion this reductionist notion they're like eh, i'm just a gym or i'm just a gym owner oh. we just do gym things here it's not gonna yeah. work and kind of to come full circle too is like if we want to create that culture we have to have a programming a program that's sustainable yeah right like it has you have to be giving something to people that they can do for not just three four years but literally like if you want to have good retention like you need to be thinking like decades yeah. and how do you have that and part of that is by giving people progression through what I believe is learning and playing new sports. That's easier here in Park City, possibly, right? Because we live in a really active town. But really what people are looking for, I think, is progression, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they thrive on that. And if progression is going to stop, and we, we know this, and it's not like a, it doesn't mean the program's wrong or it's bad. At some point, progression in the gym is going to stop. Like I'm telling you right now from 2017, my numbers have been dropping. Like it doesn't mean that program's ineffective. Just my path and my journey was different, right? So like my numbers are less, my times are slower, my weights are lower. I haven't hit a PR, but that's, it doesn't mean the program's wrong, right? But where I see progression is through sports. So that's why I do that. I love dirt biking and I'm not that great at it. Right. But what I love about it is that every time I go, I get a little bit better. I love downhill mountain biking because there's constantly a different way to look at the trail and different feedback and a different way to ride the trail. And I went with my son yesterday and he like he just turned 13. And he smoked me. And I was like, <laughs> how cool that like I was able to share this experience with him. And now he is like absolutely smoke checking me. Yeah. Right. And like, I can do that through so many more expressions outside the gym than inside, because you can only do so many thrusters, so many couplets, so many triplets, and it's not bad or wrong. It's just that the progression there is going to be much shorter lived than all these options that you have outside the gym. But to do that option, you have to have the base level inside the gym. For sure. 
Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that kind of nails it too, right? Like, and it, so many people do gloss over that learn and play new sports thing. It is, it's one of those things where I think when you, when you're new in the journey and you read it, you're just like, that's a weird thing to put in here. It doesn't make any sense with meats, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, like learn and play to them. They think like, you want me to go play kickball? That's always my joke. Right. But it's never been about that. It's that, you know, Greg was smart enough to to know that like, if we don't give you the ability to implement and apply everything that you do here, you're not going to appreciate what it is that's done here. And inevitably, to your point, Chris, like that scale slows, that it stops, right? To the point, because if you engage in selling adaptation, <laughs> you're going to have a bad time, right? Because like that takes evolution and adaptation takes a long time, but progression in true like demonstration and development of improvement that is infinitely attainable, right? To like your point, the thing that kept me skiing was that I was realizing that I was getting back to where I used to be. And I had to, I bought a gadget, I bought those carve insoles, but that told me every time I was skiing that I was trying to get a new ski IQ. And like, to your point, like progression is the thing that drives you. Getting back on a mountain bike was about like, can I jump like I could when I was a kid? Like, and it's, it's those things. And and I think that you learn that through fitness and, and not to defeat or define or I'm sorry to defy fitness because I, you know, until you, you establish those benchmarks and you hit those benchmarks and you start to, you understand what goes into improving those benchmarks. You really begin to appreciate like progression, like I'm getting better at something. And so I think that there's, there's two parts of the journey, but if you don't give them to your point, Chris, like something to look at, to get better at, they're not going to continue to do it indefinitely. And there is no better way than being like, hey, go play. Cause that's when you get to really appreciate it. Like, wow, as a 40 year old, I'm keeping up with 20 year olds or like, you know, I can crash and get back up and I didn't get taken down to the bottom of the hill, right? Like, you know, there's all those things where you don't, the gym is just telling you what you're still bad at, right? Like it's still just, yep, still can't lift that one, uh, sorry. But out here you get to be like, wow, like I'm literally keeping up with people half my age. Like while everybody else my age is like literally just counting down until they die, you know, people like us, not to say that we're old, Chris, but like I'm still adding on, right? Like I'm still getting better. I'm still improving. I'm still learning new sports, like things that – I would have not even remotely touched when I was in my twenties. I stopped skiing and mountain biking in my twenties. And you could have definitely never told me I was going to be an ultra athlete. Like that would have been like, I don't even want to walk anywhere. Like, <laughs> And I think, yeah. And we just like, I think people, you constantly, you just have to remember, it's not separate from the program. Mm -mm. You're not abandoning ship. Like, mm. in fact, you're arguably like doing it better than probably most people because you're actually doing it as part of the program. Yeah. Right. Like that's, if that's the way it's written, like if you want to be like true OG, you're going to be like true old school. I'm like through and through Then I'm like true OG. You're never going to the CrossFit games. Never. Mm -hmm. Because like your variety is so ridiculous that you, you can't have the time to specialize and snatch 300 pounds and do Fran in under two minutes. Like, you're just doing too many things and having an absolute riot doing it. Like you, that's true. OG, like really, really, I think. And I, th I think I agree with you. And I think, you know, when we, you know, not to get to make games a subject, but you know, when we talk about, you know, back in the original days, you guys would find something, do something for the hell of it and just play with it. Like, yeah, I'm going to try this. 
when we get to the games now and there's something thrown in, like, you know, the crossover double unders or something, everybody loses their mind because they don't play anymore because they're in the gym. They're like, oh, pegboards are going to be in the games and my handstands are now freestanding handstands. And they do it for a specific purpose, not just to, I'm just going to screw around with this and see how it goes. Yeah. To to have that, like most primary schoolers would have done, you know, better at that movement, arguably, because that's what they muck around with. But when they're at that pointy tip of the spear now, there's no more play. It's like, will this be in the games? Probably not. Well, I'm not even going to do it. Yeah. When it's written there in black and white in the 100 words of fitness, like that stuff is is there. It's like they need to get back to playing as well at whatever yeah. level you're at. And I think, and this is, gosh, this, I'm going in like uncharted territory here, the way that I approach things. And like I said, I really don't think it's popular and I'm okay with it. But like to facilitate that, we can't just throttle ourselves every day. Mm-mm. If I'm going to have, if I'm going to really embrace like, yes, intensity is good within its, its, its correct parameters and the right dosing, the right time and right place. Right. But if I'm also going to express this outside, I can't just be so like hobbled from throttling myself every day that I have to have some kind of flow of intensity throughout the week. And I put up a post the other day and it's like, or last week and it's, you know, it's so much easier to program workouts that absolutely crush you every day than it is to program a flow of intensity that keeps you coming back in the door day after day. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yes, yes, that's how, yes, I agree. I agree. But <laughs> is that really happening? Yeah. Like in your gym, in your garage, when you go work out, are you really doing that? Or are you falling trapped to that? I got to crush myself today. Yeah. I like, I'm not mm. doing it right. If I don't crush myself yeah. and you know, there are, t- there are days where, yeah, you can set yourself up for that. Absolutely. But there's also should be times where it's like, no, I'm like, hey, I'm going to work hard. It's cool. Like, I'm going to still work hard, right? But after I work hard here, I'm going to, like, make sure I can go for that trail run with my buddy after work. Because, like, maybe my buddy just needs a friend to talk to. And I'm going to go run with him at a conversational mm-hmm. pace and enjoy it. Or I'm going to make sure that I have time to go ride my bike with my kids. Or I'm going to like fill in the blank, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to go learn how to play pickleball. I'm going to go whatever and not just be exhausted to do it. So like, gosh, I, I think people underestimate the value of that and how, what I believe, like if we really want this thing to be sustainable in a gym for decades, we got to embrace that. Like it's, mm-hmm. and it's okay, right? It's okay. I'm not... Man, I think sometimes when people hear me talk, they might think that now it's like, oh, Chris must think CrossFit's bad or wrong. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, like I, the community is amazing. I love it. And I, I want it to be successful for two more decades. But I'm just someone that's willing to say like, hey, I think that might need to look a little different if we want it to be that way. And yeah. so, so here's, here's how I'm trying to do it. And I, I don't know all the answers, right? But like let's just own it. Just own it. Like you can't, you can't do it forever and that's okay. So what do we do to, to make it so you can do it forever? Hmm. Yeah. I think the power of your story is particularly as one of the more identifiable athletes of intensity, right? Like, you know, there was, there's very few people on record who could go as hard in the paint as Chris Feely. Like we know that to be true. If it was going to be a grind, it was going to be a top finish. Right. And so, and I think what's important about that narrative is just, you know, coming full circle to that, it's that 
with you understanding and appreciating getting people back outside the gym or understanding the value of, of getting those things outside the gym, it was never about, you know, cross it's bad, et cetera. Is that like, Hey, Oh wait, I also too kind of missed that mark. And like this, this is really, this is the more fun part of all that stuff. Like I enjoyed, and, and I'm speaking for you, obviously, like, I know you enjoyed that time, that era of competitive yeah. fitness, you know, best area of your life. But like, you know, this, this is like more fulfilling. And you've said a few things in there, like throughout this whole podcast, which is just, they're all quality of life things. I'm going to go for a trail run because my buddy just needs something. Like be that friend, right? Like mm. that's a very, very empowering thing to be like, yeah, dude, I'll absolutely go run a 10K with you with no trail. Yeah. Because I don't need it. Right? Like, yeah. Mm. If you call me up, you're like, hey, so-and-so just dropped out. Well, you want to go do this, this event with me? I'm like, yeah, let me see if I can get a flight out there. Like in, in yeah. that is the value of fitness. And I think what's very oh, cool yeah. is to see people like yourself, who were identifiably the pinnacle of intensity, understanding like, yeah, but all of that stuff, even all of that stuff was still just so that like, when my buddy calls me, I can be there, right? Like when my family needs me, I can be there. When 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 something comes up that seems fun for me, like trying to learn yes. how to, this motocross thing to do in this race, I'm like, that thing is stupid. I would die on that race. Like there's just no way. I'm terrible on motorized two-wheel vehicles, but like that is the point of fitness. And, and, it, and like that I think is very cool about your story. And I think you do such a good job of breaking it down and really continually telling that narrative that like, Hey, it's okay. Have you considered this? Think about this. Mm. Like, and I think you're the, you're one of the best people to do that because it's not life versus, you know, fitness or, you know, or life versus intensity. It's a, like fitness in service of life and intensity. And that part, I, you know, I think you're uniquely qualified to speak to that. Thanks man. And like, for those of you guys that are processing through this and trying to figure it all out, like, what a privilege, man. Like what a privilege for you to be able to say twofold, Hey, I have the fitness to go do whatever on a whim with a buddy. Right. And I also have the maturity as like a, you know, someone that's been training for a long time to be able to do it and not feel bad about not going in the gym and throttling myself with another couplet or triplet. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to do that enough that it's okay if I skip that to go, downhill mountain bike with my kid today yeah. it's okay if i skip that to go for that run because guess what i'm going to go back in the gym tomorrow i'm going to hit it like it's gonna be we're gonna be good it's it's all it's all part of it's all part of the training it's not separate it's all part of that and that is the framework to you know to the point of this whole conversation that's the framework to longevity and if you guys are going to make long-term money you've got to play the long-term game you know there's mm. there's a lot of money in short-term wins and short-term gains but it dries up quick and that staying power is limited. And, you know, to the point of it all, it's like, it's not about what you do for fitness these days. It's about what you do with your fitness these days. And I think, you know, Chris, you do such an identifiably cool job, you know, with the relationship you have with pivot and, you know, getting out and like yeah. the father you've become and, and really just the, the trajectory that you've taken park city fit. You really, both you and Spencer, you've both done a great job of really, you know, taking this on as like, Hey, did we forget about the point of this being life? Like, you know, it, it, it's almost like comically. Yeah, we kind of mm -hmm. did. Right. Like we're like, Oh yeah. I forgot. I was so bent on, you know, PRs and, and benchmarks. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. My third or fourth session came at the expense of you know, time with my friend or I couldn't be there. Like, you know, and, and so it's cool to see so many people get back to that point. I think that the, you know, the, 
the landscape as a, as a whole is primed for it. And I hope that they are, maybe, maybe I'm biased because I'm at that part of my journey too, but I think a lot of us yeah. are there now. And I think that a lot of those people who were always looked up to as coaches and, you know, and, and avatars getting outside and doing more things, people are like, Oh, I want to go do, you know, something crazy like diesel day, or I want to go learn about yeah. ride a mountain bike, or I'm going to go try to learn to ski as an adult and stuff that like people who were 40 years old and usually right off they're like, that's what kids do. So yeah. mm. totally. It's just about having fun. Living your life. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, cool. Imagine. Well, sir. So you got a lot of things coming up. Um, I won't take up any more of your time because I know you're as busy as anybody else. And I also want you to go play. So I'll give you some time to go do that. But you've got a lot of things going on right now. How do the people listening to this better find you, engage with you, spend time with you, learn more about you and appreciate the quality of, of Chris Spieler's life? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we just went through a big rebrand and like I said, I don't know that it's something that people resonate with, but we really encourage people to have adventure as part of their fitness. So you can find that at Park City Fit. Um, you can check out our Instagram page there. We're still kind of in the process of getting some website stuff done, but Instagram, you can go to Park City Fit. My social, C Spieler, you can check that out there. Um, Spencer and I are really working on getting um, a group together that's asking these questions, right? That's starting to process through this. And what does this look like? And how do we sort of disrupt this cycle that maybe we've gotten stuck in? So we're going to have an event in Park City the end of September. We're looking at September 29th through October 1st, where we really sit down and help you guys understand what that looks like, how to do that. Um, and we're going to have that be a, a really cool, all-inclusive thing where people are going to come in and kick it, hang out on an Airbnb, and we're going to get you guys in the gym for some training. We're going to get you guys asking those questions and figuring out how do we redefine that. We're going to get you outside and experiencing some adventure outside the gym so that you can start to embrace that as part of it. Um, so stay posted for that. You'll be able to see that on, on my story and my social as well as Spencer's. Um, so we'll have that coming down the pipeline. Um, and then other, I mean, other just kind of fun stuff. I'm going to Whistler in two weeks to ride bikes with my family. Um, so I'll be up there and navigating the massive crank works, but I'm gonna try to go ride at Squamish, um, and, uh, Whistler and Pemberton and yeah. And then I'll be in Hawaii for the ultimate Hawaiian trail run supporting that gang, uh, middle of September. So, Hey, if like any of you guys are there, don't, if you see me, don't hesitate to reach out and, uh, man, let's connect on, on what it looks like to do this in, in that next chapter. I'm going to go book my flight to Whistler now. So, uh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Look out. I wanted to get out Always there all summer anyways. I'm like, oh, yeah, just two weeks. Dude, no, just... like what's the flights? Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect excuse. Let's what go ride, man. Fancy seeing you here. Hey, that's weird. Hey, I didn't expect to see you on the trail. This is outstanding. Imagine that. Tony, the, the stalker, but, um, well, thank <laughs> thank you for your time today chris we've really loved it i know we will have you back on again and for sharing your story and insights it's been awesome my yeah, pleasure really appreciate it everybody that's listening i know this may be a little bit off your radar it doesn't sound like overhead squats and benchmarks and things <laughs> yards, but i promise you if you can just pay attention to the conversation that chris is doing such a good job of facilitating there is so much value in the long-term play for what you guys are trying to do just follow, just listen, pay attention, be a student of life, learn something new and get your life back. Perfect. Well said. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. You're welcome. Thank you.